The sauce is ready. All right. Welcome to this week's edition of Generation Oblivious, episode 40. Changing things up, we got a special guest host. Producer Lewis is sitting in with us. Cameron is not available, so it'll be me and Lewis going through the stories and the headlines of the day and talking a little retail. So, Lewis, how you doing, sir? Doing good, doing good. It's nice to be here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do you want me to get dive into my stories first? Yeah, yeah, we'll hit up a few of your stories, and I got one or two of my own, and uh, yeah, see, see where this takes us. All right, cool. So if any, if, if Lewis attracted any new listeners, basically what we do is um, I comb through the headlines and I try to pick fun stories, um, but mostly that del- deal with uh, stupidity and um, just uh, sour moments of humanity. And we read and make fun of those people. Um, <laughs> there's a podcast I listen to and they don't deal with death. So I feel like they're missing out because uh, like three years ago, uh, Carter County, the county that I live in, had the first death by sword for that year, and it was on January first. <laughs> I how come I do not remember this death by sword? <laughs> yeah, what? it wasn't like talked about that talked about it that much. A guy showed up to like yell at his buddy and to get into it, and the guy had a sword and just fucking killed him. <laughs> like. I mean, I want to know how long it's been since someone died by the sword in like in this area since like maybe the Civil War time. Or I, I don't uh, even know when that would be. Yeah, I, I don't know. And in my head, like I w- see, I had so many questions and the article was just like, you know, an, an argument escalated and so and so died by a sword. And I was like, I have too many questions. Like what type of sword? Was it a Game of Thrones sword? Was it a Lord of the Rings sword? Was it one of the cheaper knockoff swords that you get at like the asian bazaar in gatlinburg that is the worst like if i'm gonna die by a sword please let it be like something someone paid at least 350 dollars for that's meant to kill somebody yeah i don't want something from like a flea market sale that was like 20 bucks right that has has like glue and like a <laughs> nut and a bolt holding it together and it, and it rattles shakes in the hill yeah Die by that sword. That is the worst possible thing. I and may have. And if you do, like, have it be cool. Like in that. Um. Have you seen that? Uh. Full contact armored fighting. Oh yes. Uh. I worked with somebody who was into it. He brought his uh, armor in, and I was just. I was. I kept trying to get them to get me in contact with the owner of it because I wanted to do a documentary on it because that just fascinated me. It's pretty dope. There's some. There's some crazy dudes that do that shit. Cause like I've. I've not been hit by it, but I had I was somewhere somewhere at one point, and there's two dudes that do that kind of stuff. They don't do they don't do metal swords. They do like these. It's kind of just like a padded, thick wooden stick, right. pretty yep, much. Yep. And like he let me hit him full force, and like he didn't he didn't budge at all whatsoever. He did have like some you know padding and some armor and stuff, but it was a solid hit. So I can only imagine the dudes that do that with like real metal weapons. Like, yeah, they may be blunt, but I mean that's still a chunk of steel being swung at you with. Some oh yeah. Cars. This dude, he, uh, he actually, he worked maintenance in Unicoi Walmart <laughs> and, um, he comes in and he's walking. Like he just took one up the ass and just walking real gingerly. And I was like, what happened to you? He was like, Oh, I had a combat tournament today. And I said, <laughs> what happened? He's like, I took a broadsword to the thighs and he brought in his, uh, his armor later on. And the leg armor that covers the thighs was dented where oh, yeah. a dude just did a chop and it hit him full tilt right in the thigh piece. Yeah, that's that's some brutal stuff. I mean, it, I find it neat and interesting, cool. But oh mm, yeah, like I would, I, I would, I would definitely I'm... not. I would. I don't know if I would be in the armor myself going at somebody. Probably oh, no. hell no. Yeah, no. I was gonna be behind the camera, but the whole thing just fascinated me. Like oh yeah, the whole that yeah I, yeah. The... I can't remember what it's called? I have two uh, two friends of mine. They're into it. They have full sets of armor, and I think they duel out with um metal weaponry and like say it's it's definitely interesting but damn is it also not only dangerous but damn is it fucking expensive too (laughs) oh yeah like i was looking into it when i was working at walmart i just wanted the suit of armor just for fun but like they were like yeah you go you got to call some german guy and send him your measurements and i was like okay i'm out that's a lot of work (laughs) 
<laughs> that in my head, like when I first thought about, like just looked into it myself as well. It's like, hmm, that's immediately like at least five hundred dollars for just like probably a very simple piece of armor. So I was like, that is super expensive already. <laughs> oh, speaking of armor. On um, Facebook, I found a, a group of guys. They make like their job. They make armor, and they do. They've been doing a bunch of Mandalorian armor since the show Ooh. came out. Now that I would, <laughs> I would drop a pretty penny for if I had it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like once I get out of school, like that's gonna be the, my present to myself. <laughs> it's like I'm, I just got to figure out what design I want because they can do they do custom paint jobs and everything. Like. Ooh. A guy got a full full suit of Mandalorian armor, and it was the Bills color, and it had the Bills logo printed on it. <laughs> I, I think it's where well, I'm not into sports, but when I see like I've seen plenty of people do stuff like that with like cheaper armor, like whether it's like the foam that looks can look like armor if you uh, if you do it right, if you make it right or whatever. When right. it's always sports themed, to a part of me is just always like, I mean, I get it, but it could have yeah, been that, so much cooler. That's mixing two worlds that typically don't uh, <laughs> interact well together. You've got nerddom and jockdom. And I'm just, I keep waiting for seeing that Bills guy get knocked out. <laughs> He's armored. He's fine. <laughs> news alert. Breaking news. News alert. Breaking news. I just read this. I don't have the article pulled up, but uh, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you know that I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist. And a hotel in China that was housing quarantine people with the coronavirus okay, collapsed yeah. and has killed 70 people. <laughs> Damn. I'm not buying that story. Them shits was imploded on purpose. <laughs> it's like, we, uh, we have some evidence we need to get rid of fast and quick. Oh, look, an accident. Who would have guessed? Or just like, we need to nip this... Corona in the bud. Let's just start killing the quarantine people. I mean, yeah, that too is a possibility. I, this every time there's always like, especially like outbreaks and stuff like that. I always do enjoy like seeing the conspiracy theorists and the theories just come out of the woodworks because, like, especially like the more and more it goes on, the more ridiculous the theories tend to get. Right. There's one out there that even like rational, normal people are believing that the Chinese government released it on the Hong Kong protesters and it, and it just got out of control. Cause they were trying to like, that was making world news and it was making China look really bad and it wasn't going anywhere. And then boom, you got this coronavirus and everybody it's like Hong Kong's a ghost town. Now they were all in quarantine. I mean, I would almost believe that if it was instead of like the coronavirus, like all of a sudden, like a bunch of them mysteriously, like just disappeared or they like, started getting like, there was like a, some kind of riot that ended up in their deaths. I would believe that more than they unleashed it on themselves and then like did a bad job of trying to cover it up. Cause that just made them look bad. I think even worse if that would be the case. Well, I think that they thought that they could isolate it and it just got out of control. They were just like, you know, like the president of China was sitting there and he's like, can you know, he's looking at the head general guy and was like, can you isolate it? And he was like, Oh Yeah. And then they released it, and they were like, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, I mean, in that case, though, if I were them, I feel like I would release it and then be like, oh, no, this just, this just happened to be going on. And then, like, to make themselves look like the good guy, they would try to do everything they can to, like, okay, we're throwing all this. Well, I guess they kind of did with building the hospitals and everything. But I, I feel like they would be more towards the side of, like, being overly prepared and like doing going above and beyond to like help all the afflicted and stuff. If they themselves unleashed it, not do the cover up job that they did. And then right. have, in the end, either way it was that cover up was exposed because they did a piss poor job of it. Apparently. <laughs> well, speaking of the coronavirus, the Christians, they've got a protection plan. <laughs> Psalms 91, according to pastor Brian Tamaki. Tithe-paying, Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled Christians have Psalm 91 protection policy against COVID-19, also known as a coronavirus. According to New Zealand's popular multi-campus Destiny Church leader, Brian Tamaki, speaking on his congregation in Auckland on Sunday, Tamaki said God allows epidemics, pestilence, and famine when people have departed from faith in him, but the Bible-believing, born-again Christian who paid their tithes, God assures them protection from the virus in Psalm 91. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, 
<laughs> just any religious thing where like i mean it's the word of god will protect you it's just i just like to imagine like for anyone that's watched kingdom of heaven like this is a line i constantly use all the time is like in kingdom of heaven there's pretty much a war between christians and muslims and this and that right. and a lot of sections there's the knights templar they'll go into battle and like some one of them will be like god wills it and then like the rest of them will follow up with god wills it so in my own personal life anytime something dumb is going on um or like i'm about to do something dumb, or i did something done dumb as an excuse i'll be like god wills it so in my brain i just like to imagine like god's will just killing all these like coronavirus cells or germs whatever like one by one just them being <laughs> obliterated by the holy light of you know god or whatever it's uh in my brain that's just fantastic. when you say that i imagine the the old just... video game robotron <laughs> where the 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 bullets come out of the guys all at in all directions 360 degrees and they're just <laughs> shooting little blobs coming at him <laughs> yeah but, I think I... dude that game's addictive as shit but uh, here's Psalms 91. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Psalms 91. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, I love that there's so many verses in the Bible that just like, okay, when this is going on, we can apply this one. When this is going on, do they have like a quick guide of like a quick reference guide of like, in this event, use this quote. Well, it's event. so open and vague. Like, it's just, especially Psalms. Psalms is a bunch of just, I mean, honestly, it sounds like somebody's having a fever dream and they're just writing their shit down. Uh, honestly, this may be <laughs> controversial, but honestly, that's what I feel most of the Bible might be. Because, <laughs> I mean, it, the book was written, as it's stated somewhere, it was written by man. So that alone right. makes me want to discredit it right then and there. <laughs> well, I can tell you the Christian comeback for that is the the man's hand was guided by the Lord. There's a lot of musicians and artists that have said the same thing when in reality it was like Coke or LSD or, or something <laughs> like that. That's what they saw God through was drugs. I've been uh, reading, um, did you ever hear the book Fingerprints of the Gods? I think I've heard it mentioned somewhere there, before. There's a book called Fingerprints of the Gods and a follow-up called Magician of the Gods. And it's basically saying that we've been around, like humans have been around for hundreds of thousands of years, and we've almost been extinct three times. And at one point, civilization was down to 1,100 people. And if you can imagine like the highest heights, like an Atlantis-type situation, we've been there, and it's been taken away from us. So the surviving people have sent down like warnings. <laughs> Right. But if you because if you look at like the pyramids, you've got the pyramids in Egypt and then you've got the pyramids over in Turkey at Gogekli oh, Tepe. They have the exact same carvings and they were built around the exact same time. So how did somebody get from Turkey to Egypt and then do the same exact carvings? Right within the time frame. Yeah. So my theory is, is that they knew that stone would survive almost anything. Stone would survive. So they etched these warnings in stone. And somebody was just like, you know what, that we have these warnings, let's give these warnings out, but let's put them in a book. So the guy wrote this book about the Bible and somebody took it and edited it to make it a story about a man instead of, you know, <laughs> instead of the warning that it was supposed to be. I mean, I could also believe that as well, because just the like human nature would be like, hmm. This looks like something I can use to give myself more power. Let's just change exactly. a few things around. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I can definitely believe that for sure. And and especially the misinterpretation of just like, you know, don't worry about the earth because you've got, you know, eternal life in heaven when it really could be like, don't worry about little shit because death is going to come from above. <laughs> <laughs> the great equalizer. Definitely. I like I like that one. That, that's yeah. yes. Yes, I can get behind that. So next one. This one, it warmed my heart and made me laugh. But when I speak of people that work in, not work in, that, that shop in retail, when I say the stupid and the dumb and just the the morons, the, <laughs> this is the person I'm talking about. <laughs> Celia Wilkes was proud she had successfully cared for her succulent plant for about two years. 
After all, she had accidentally killed a similar plant in the past. This time, after getting the plant as a gift, she looked up how to properly care for it. She regularly watered the succulent. When others tried to to help, she became protective, fearing they would overwater it. It seemed to pay off. The plant always looked amazing. Rejuvenated by the success of her plants, Wilkes, a mother of two from California, started accumulating more. In late February, she decided it was time to report it. And that's when she made the discovery that led to the international attention. The original plant was plastic. There were no roots below the surface, only styrofoam. (laughs) The discovery was heartbreaking. (laughs) She wrote on her Facebook, it was just an overall perfect plant. I had it up in my kitchen window. I put so much love into this plant. I washed its leaves. Tried my hardest to keep it looking its best, and it's completely plastic. How did I not know this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I've been fooled by plastic plants before because, like, I didn't inspect it. Like, I just kind of saw it. Maybe, like, you know, I'll say five feet just to give myself the benefit of the doubt. I was like, damn, that looks, that looks almost real. Oh, that that is a real plant. And then, like, maybe later on down the road, I'll get, I'll be close. To, I'm like, mm, that was actually fake. I'm just dumb. But you're actively, this like, uh, I don't know what's wrong with my child. It just, it never makes noise. It's the perfect child. Um, it's, it's a doll. That's, yeah. that's, that's why. It, you're washing it. You're, you're dedicating <laughs> time and emotion to this object. And it's, and it's fake. And you didn't know. How does it? Wow. That is. That's I remember one time I was in the sixth grade and there was a Christmas plant sitting on our kitchen table and it had like little points on it. It was really sharp. And then it had, but had real plastic leaves. <laughs> and I, I thought it was plastic. So I took my mechanical pencil and I poked holes in all the leaves instead of doing my homework. <laughs> <laughs> and all the leaves browned and died and it was real. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was like, what the hell did you do? And I was like, I thought it was fake. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was real the whole that's, time. That's fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if you know this about me, but this ties into the next story. But I feel like um if it came down to it in a uh, in a fist to prong fight that I could beat a deer. I could kill a deer with my bare hands with my fists if it came down to a fight. That's I mean, that's kind of a bold statement. I mean, depending on the deer, I guess. Right. Well, you, you give me more credit than anybody else that I've ever said that to. <laughs> like, a deer would fuck you up. And I was like, you highly overestimate the deer's fighting ability. Because have you seen um, have you seen videos where deer attack people? I've seen a few. But not not where, like, someone's actually fought back with the deer. I've never right. seen that. Yeah, yeah. They always get... They, one, first off, the hunter is always surprised that the deer's attacking them. Me, I would not be surprised. Because I would be going there looking for a fight. <laughs> just show up to the woods i wish a motherfucker would dude deer walk by my house and i live in town <laughs> <laughs> like back when i was drinking i went outside and a deer was across the street in a field or in like a lot and i tried to go fight it <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, what kind of shit talk did you give the deer? This, this is what I want to know now. Oh, I I couldn't even get close. Like, <laughs> like I was pumping myself up walking across the street. I was like, here we go. Here we go. And I had my arms out to my side, like giving it the what up. <laughs> and I just, I, I started walking to it. And when it heard me, it, it, it whipped its head and looked at me and then just bolted. And I was like, that's right, son. You run. You just saved your own life. You don't even know it. <laughs> okay, so after that point, if another deer, like a bigger deer, like a buck, I guess would be the, the case. If if that one just came up out of nowhere and just didn't back down, would you be a little bit nervous? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, only because of its only because of its antlers. But still, when when deer fight, they always do one move. They pull up and get on their back legs, and that is when I win. Right then, <laughs> they're done. It's over because I mean, yeah, it has, just get past like I guess the hooves because I mean the hooves is generally what fuck people up normally when it comes to right. deer right yeah yeah so when it pulls up on its back feet it's got no lateral movement <laughs> so I'm gonna sidestep right I'm gonna slide to my right right there it's not gonna hit me because to turn it has to get back down on all fours and turn its whole and pivot its whole body and then get back up on its on its hooves 
on its rear hooves. So in one movement, I'm going to slide and then I'm going to throw a right leg kick and I'm going to break its fucking back leg. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, and so right shit. there, it, it can't do anything and it's going to run in a circle. <laughs> and it's going to run in a circle. This I want to see this fight now. How do we make this happen? I, I've been trying for years. <laughs> One, I just want to prove people right. I want to be <laughs> talked about on my own podcast. I want you to pull the story about me fighting a deer and kicking its ass and then going to jail for killing a deer because I don't have a hunting license. I mean, you got to do it in Florida because that's got to be a Florida man title now. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I guess, Tennessee man visiting in Florida. We can settle for that, I yeah. guess. <laughs> have you ever played the Florida man game? Oh, that reminds me. I actually, I meant to do that, which uh, I might do that on the slide here in just a second. What is it? Um, your your birth date and then Florida man, right? Yeah, just type in Florida man and then the month and day of your birth, not the year. Okay, okay. Let's see here. So Florida man and my birthday. And then it's the first story. Mine's kind of funny. It's not really that great though, but it's it's still pretty entertaining. Oh Jesus, I think mine's dark. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, let's see here. Uh so Florida man claims he killed dismembered roommate because he was possibly next mass killer, cops say. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You were just doing the Lord's work. Was, God wills it. Yes, yeah. this is indeed my Florida man story. All right, let's see here. And it's not too long. We're not All right, cool. Let's see. Uh, a Florida man claimed he shot and killed his roommate and then dismembered him because he could, quote, quote, possibly be the next mass killer that we hear about in the media, police said. Eric DaCosta, 52, faces charges of premeditated murder and abuse of a dead body in the death of Paul Stephen DeMartco, whose remains were discovered by hunters October 7th. The Sun Sentinel reported Wednesday. DeMartco's mother reported him missing October 13th after DaCosta told her he hadn't heard from his roommate for five of five months for about a week. Uh, let's see. The four... Fort Lauderdale man surrendered himself to police on October 20th after reportedly admitting he had information about the 42-year-old man's death. <laughs> Let's see if it says what kind of fake information he had here. DaCosta allegedly told investigators DeMarco had become increasingly violent in the, in the five years he had known him. He claimed his roommate had an undiagnosed mental illness, used cocaine, and was prone to violent verbal outbursts <laughs> that included death threats towards him and his family. DeCosta reportedly said he took matters into his own hands October 4th when DeMartco, while discussing his ex-wife's visit, threatened to kill DeCosta. DeCosta told police he shot his roommate in the back of the head, covered the head with a plastic bag, and then secured it with a belt around the neck to stop the bleeding. I'm... That'll work. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not entirely dumb. I mean, the initial blast would make a shit ton of a mess, I'm sure. Right. Let's see here. Uh, DaCosta then allegedly dismembered DeMarco's body in a bathtub to make him, to quote, make him smaller, the arrest report stated. <laughs> he shoved the body parts in a plastic bag, placed it in a chest freezer, and drove the remains to a wildlife park where he used to hunt, officials said. He dumped the remains in a canal on the Dinner Island Ranch Wildlife Management Area in Hendry County. DaCosta said, although he wasn't in immediate danger, <laughs> He believed DeMarco would have killed him or someone else. He admitted he could have left the house the night he shot and killed DeMarco, authorities said. Don't. <laughs> Listen, for the safety of all mankind, I'm doing the Lord's work. I wish he would have cited Minority Report. <laughs> <laughs> I had a vision. I mean, at, yeah. least, at least he's not claiming uh, insanity. He's just literally like, he stuck to his right. guns. That that's I no, I would have totally went and been like <laughs> I had a vision of a mildly attractive bald girl going murder, murder. <laughs> every time I touched him. Uh, I officially enjoy my Florida man birthday story. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> mine was a Florida man got arrested for eating pancakes in a crosswalk. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know what? That oddly fits me. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's some kind of pro, like some breakfast food protest. That's what you would yeah, do. Yeah, he, he had a little, like one of those flimsy plastic cast tables and chairs, and <laughs> it was a viral prank gone wrong. But yeah, that sounds like it, like media marketing, kind of viral media marketing. All right, here's back to the deer story. Deer rips off French Hunter's face as it charges into him while trying to escape. Allegedly trying to escape. Allegedly. I'm, I'm putting that in there. Uh, <laughs> Frenchman's name was Vincent. He was 36. He was struck by a deer when the deer fled. I don't call... F- when when I flee, I don't run towards something. Like, if I'm fleeing the police, I don't, with my hands up, run at them. <laughs> I'm fleeing. I'm fleeing, and then I run into him. That's 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 not a flee. That's a char- That's an attack. <laughs> a helicopter flew him to emergency hospital, uh, where he had to have fifty stitches to his face after the deer he was stalking charged him down while trying to escape. I, okay, that wording alone is like stalked him down while the deer was yeah. trying to escape. That sounds. I mean, that dumb. sounds ominous, right? <laughs> Vincent had to be airlifted to a hospital for surgery when a deer fleeing from his crosshairs ran into him during it. How close was he to this deer? And how much he can't be that good of a hunter if he's that damn close then. No kidding. Like, I imagine he looked into his scope and he just saw nothing but deer fur. (laughs) The frightened 330 pound deer tore a long sweeping flap of skin all along vincent's cheek beneath his eye and across his nose so stick your finger in your left nostril and come out to the right side up and around like underneath the eye jesus across the bridge of the nose underneath your other eye and go back to your ear (laughs) god damn but you know how much of a baller it was this guy still wanted to continue hunting He he said after the impact, he felt drunk. Because he got his shit rocked. That's probably why. Now, the question is, like, after after that scar heals, does he tell the story that it it was from a deer that was running away? Or does he, like, oh, this thing attacked me. It was huge. It was a bop. I would would dress it up that it it attacked me, for sure. (laughs) Oh, man. Because at first, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, he was just, like, in the field, and the deer was running away from somebody else. And it just like clipped him and as it ran past, just ripped his face off, which would just be hysterical. <laughs> like man on nature walk gets face ripped off by a deer as it runs away from <laughs> hunting. it. So I should have paired this up with the, the other Bible, the, the first one. But um, you probably yeah, have you ever lived through a tornado? Have you ever been through tornado wreckage? Uh, no, I've never actually had to deal through that. No. Okay. I've been in tornadoes. I've never lost. My family's never lost any property due to a tornado. And I lived in uh, Tornado Alley for 18 years. But I have driven through like tornado wreckage. Like in 87, 86, when Andover, Kansas was flattened by a tornado, I drove through that wreckage. And you see crazy shit. Like you will see a house completely demolished. And a toilet will be sitting there in complete working order. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I've seen definitely. I've seen pictures of like the aftermaths of like natural disasters, and yeah, there's definitely plenty of scenes that are just surreal, kind of like that. So yeah, I, I definitely get that. Okay, so in Cookville, where they had those tornadoes the other day on Super Tuesday, a Bible was found beneath the rubble left after a tornado ripped through Tennessee was nearly untouched and opened to a passage. A group of students from Tennessee Tech found the Bible open to Jeremiah 46, 27, which reads, Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel. I <laughs> That's how it's written. I'm not retarded. <laughs> I will surely save you out of a distant place, your descendants from the land of their exile. Jacob will again have peace and security, and no one will make him afraid. The main point was Cookville will again have peace and security. See, it's such a vague thing, and you can put whatever you want to in it. Yeah, I mean, to me, that it all just sounds like any other, like, uh, end of the world, like cultish type thing just vague ass fucking um stories or tales or warnings that could be interpreted in several different ways yeah to me it just (sighs) i mean you might you could do that with fortune cookies (laughs) that's generally the whole marketplace of fortune cookies is just (laughs) be vague but somewhat specific but i just found it funny like and you've looked at a page of a bible like 
there could be three passages on each page and they just went through and they picked the one they were like, oh, this one could serve our purpose. And the Lord said to Jacob, look out, here cometh the wind. <laughs> here cometh the wind. I mean, and who's even to say that it was indeed open to that page? Right. I mean, it, that sounds like a relatively vague and obscure enough passage that it may have actually been open to that page in general. But again, like you said, there's plenty of different passages on the same page that could probably apply in some way or another. And yeah. a book was open to somewhere in the middle of it during a, a storm. That's... Yeah. Mm, yeah. I mean, I've seen, like, pieces of hay, like haystock, pierced through wood because of a tornado. You know? Like, oh, yeah. you see crazy things that make you go, man, this is a powerful thing. But oh, yeah. this tornado opened a book and picked Jeremiah 46, 27, where God was talking to Jacob about Israel. That doesn't seem appropriate for Tennessee in a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe if he was talking to Noah about the great storm and that Noah was okay until his son Ham saw him naked. <laughs> but, uh, but something like that, would that be too obvious? Of a of a yeah, I guess that's I guess that's not the good Lord's mo. Like he needs to be a little bit more obscure. He needs he works in mysterious ways. Yeah. <laughs> no, I want my Lord to be just blatant. Like yeah. I want to be at work and just go, Lord, strike this woman dead for me, please. And I want her to fall over dead, and I'll be like, Thank you, Lord, <laughs> my homie, yeah. Like I'm in, I'm in right with Jesus. You better watch out. <laughs> I wield His power, and you will not see it coming. <laughs> I am a chosen one, because the Lord will strike you down. Strike you down. All right, Let's... I got one last story. I like it when uh, customer service just takes a turn. A man <laughs> went to a Missouri Pizza Hut after employees there didn't fill his order properly. Right? That seems like a common enough thing. Okay. And he was allegedly met there with a mob of employees who assaulted <laughs> and stabbed him. <laughs> oh, God. Nathaniel Hudson says that his 29-year-old brother, whom he identified as Isaiah Hudson, called the Pizza Hut in the southern section of St. Louis. Well, that's mistake number one. <laughs> on Monday and ordered $60 worth of food and had it delivered. However, Hudson said the order was not delivered in full. When the purported victim called to complain, Plain, Hudson says his complaints were not met with a willingness by the employees to make things right. Nathaniel said his brother was told that it would be a two-hour wait in order to properly fix his order. What's more, according to Nathaniel, employees decided to harass the unhappy customer. That's when the Peace Hut employee hung up on my brother and began to call him from their personal phones and begin to threaten him. Isaiah decided to go to the store in person to get results. Bad idea. It was likely the wrong decision. When he arrived at the store, employees ambushed him. He was met with four employees that told him to step outside because they had something for him. Man, I would be like, oh, I'm about to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to blow these four Pizza Hut gentlemen just so I can get my deep dish. <laughs> Here comes the extra sausage. Yeah. The sauce is ready. <laughs> All four came out. Two were recording. One had a chair. What is this, a WWE? What the fuck? <laughs> it's a table ladders chairs match. And one jumped off the top of the building with a big elbow. <laughs> <laughs> one had a chair and one had a blade. It was a Pizza Hut knife. The unofficial knife of Pizza Hut. <laughs> Hudson says his brother was in stabbed nine times. He claimed that the injuries were so severe... He bled on his children. He bled on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He made the mistake of ordering extra sauce. With Holy shit. <laughs> they weren't putting it. So, okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's break this down. I'm not believing what this guy says. I'm not believing this story. I'm 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 defending the Pizza Hut employees here. I that's that's my initial reaction. Yes, because I mean I'm sure he was talking mad shit on the phone and threatening oh, yeah. them. Like I'm gonna come down there. I'm gonna fuck you up if you don't get my yeah, fucking, I my fucking pizza. You bunch of dumb fucking assholes. At I'm gonna come down there and time, I'm gonna make this right. <laughs> at the same time, I can kind of see the Pizza Hut people like being like, "This is it." This is what we've been waiting for. Like, they've right. been ready for this shit. They've been waiting for so like They've been, I wish the motherfucker would for yeah. a long time. 
<laughs> they pull a fight club and they stick his name up on the wall and they're like, Isaiah Hudson, today is the day you die. <laughs> <laughs> but so so he calls and they're like, it'll be two hours, which is completely like feasible. Like if you call a pizza place and you're like, now you're the eighth ticket in line, be like, look, it's going to take two hours because the pizza oven can only cook so many pizzas at once, right? Like a two hour wait, wh- granted, while it's long, is it, kind of. You know, it's not that crazy, especially in a busy area, right? Yeah. In yeah, St. Louis, I, I literally had a two-hour wait for de- it was delivery. Um, and in yeah. my area, it's 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 rural, not really backwards, but rural, and it's definitely not terribly busy. But it was weekend, and they're like, delivery is gonna be like two hours. We're like, okay, that's fine, that's expected. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. And so, th- but instead of him being like, okay, well, what if I come and pick it up? But then he brings his children and his wife to. G- to quote unquote go down there and get results like is he just he, i think he was posturing for his wife he's like come here honey i'm gonna make you wet by beating up on these pizza hut guys <laughs> i think that was him being it, i mean this could just be assuming something but it, it's probably him just like i'm gonna show you how a real man handles things you know or just yeah, I don't know, yeah. He, he he went down looking for trouble and he did indeed find oh, it he got it sure. yeah. that's why i support them <laughs> i just want to know like to be bleeding that much, they must have cut the pizza better than they do, or cut him <laughs> better than they do the pizza most of the time. No kidding. <laughs> and when they say it was a pizza knife, was it the big one that they used to cut the slices? That that seesaw-looking <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, but dude, was... oh man, I want to get. He bled on his children. He bled on his wife. <laughs> like that is the most beautifully written thing <laughs> that I've read in a long time. Like that, there's something poetic about that. <laughs> I want to get that tattooed across my back and be like, Who was it? Was that Jesus? And be like, No, it was Isaiah Hudson. Who's Isaiah Hudson? He got the fuck stabbed out of him at a pizza hut. He was in the wrong. The uh, pizza hut men were in the right. They oh. were ready. Like, I wonder if like people who were like either off work, just getting off work, if they clocked in for some overtime for that. It's like if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna get paid to do this. That's where you get in trouble though. Like I would have <laughs> I would have intentionally clocked out. I mean, at that point, if you stab somebody to death in the parking lot, is it really gonna matter that much clocked in or out though? Yeah, because then you won't you don't want to lose your job. <laughs> I feel like if you stab someone in the parking lot, you're generally probably gonna lose your job anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but because you know, Pete, that's going to be a dick and charge him for theft of company time on top of it. Oh, yeah, probably true. Wait, that would be Walmart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's the last story I got. I'm glad we could end on a high. Uh, So let's see here. A little bit of a a heavy one we'll start off with. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Mother reunited with dead daughter on South Korean VR show. Oh, my. Uh, now, my stories aren't really so much retail related, just like more along the lines of like technology and where's they're going or just right. like, gaming related stuff. But yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's see. Here. Man, uh, those Koreans, they go hard in the paint, don't they? Dude, it's <laughs> it's pretty insane. <laughs> that's like a Black Mirror episode gone wrong. <laughs> uh, that's I actually pictured something like that, like uh, Love, Death and Robots. I was like, this could totally be an episode yeah. of that. And you know somebody in South Korea, uh, like the president of the the TV, is he sitting there going like, "I thought it was a great idea." <laughs> I think a lot of people may have agreed. It was apparently a little conflicting for for the audience, but uh, let's see what the story is here. Uh, a tearful reunion between a mother and her dead daughter via advanced virtual reality for a South Korean television, uh, just this television, has become an online hit, triggering fierce debate over about voyeurism and exploitation. The footage began, and there's a video to go with this if you look it up, but uh, the footage began with the girl who died of leukemia in 2016, emerging from behind a pile of wood in a park as if playing hide-and-seek. Mom, where have you been, she asked. I've missed you a lot. Have you missed me? Tears streaming down her face, Jang Ji-sung reached out toward her. I have missed you, uh, Nayin. <laughs> she told the computer-generated six-year-old. Her hands moving to stroke her hair, and like she's got like like VR headset and VR gloves. Okay, because I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, and, and it, like <laughs> it'll go on to say, in the real world, Jang was standing in front of a studio green screen wearing a virtual reality headset <laughs> and touch sensitive gloves. That's her just. Do- <laughs> I want to see the video, the, the unedited version of her in front of a green screen crying and 
it shows in the video i believe it does show there's a section where it just shows her um standing in front of just the green screen because it's 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 crazy uh oh uh, yeah uh, virtual Riley headset and touch sensitive clothes on uh, her daughter's ashes in a locket around her neck at times the camera cut the camera cut to jang's watching husband and their three surviving children wiping away tears of their own who by the way aren't wearing headsets or anything so they don't see exactly what she's seeing so they are seeing the full green screen just the mom with the headset on. oh that's hysterical <laughs> a nine minute clip of the manhwa broadcasting corp documentary i met you has been watched more than 13 million times in a week on YouTube. Many viewers offer Jang their sympathy and support for their concept, for the concept, sorry. My mother unexpectedly passed away two years ago and I wish I could meet her through virtual reality, said one. But media column, columnist Park Sang Hwan said the documentary amounted to exploitation of personal pain. Quote, yeah. it's understandable a, a grief-stricken mother would wish to meet her late daughter. I would do the same, he said. The problem lies in that the broadcaster has taken advantage of a vulnerable mother who lost the child for sake of the viewer ratings. If the mother had been consoled, consoled, consoled before the filming, <laughs> can't read words apparently. <laughs> filming, right. What kind of psychiatrist would approve this? Uh, it took eight months of filming and programming to create the virtual Nayun. The makers of the of the doc documentary insisted it was intended to console the family rather than promote virtual reality in ultra-wired South Korea. The technology presented a new way to keep loved ones in memory, one of the producers told reporters. Jang, who has her daughter's name and date of birth tattooed on her arm, hoped the program could console others who have lost love. It was really happy in the moment, she wrote on her blog, which, has, which she has since turned private. During the broadcast, the two sat at a table to celebrate Na Yoon's missing birthdays, singing happy birthday together before blowing out the candles Nayun made a birthday wish. I want my mother to stop crying. And oh, wow. it, just, it just abruptly ends there. Okay. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I watched most of the video. And I, for me, it was a little bit of a tear because I can imagine yeah. like, going through that, that heartache. And yeah, I want to get your take on, because this is definitely a part of a, a version of the future I can see happening a lot of is like recreations of past relatives or loved ones that have passed away remade in virtual reality, which. I mean, I can understand for like remembering them and stuff like that, but at the same time, that's at what point does it get really creepy and uncomfortable? Well, know? I can see the therapeutic value, you know, especially yeah. in that, like give them one more chance to say goodbye, but then you run the risk of like them just living in that moment, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to spend time with my family. May have yeah. died years ago. So it's just like somebody at their kitchen table with VR equipment <laughs> on, just like, Oh, I'm having dinner with my family, and no, that's. Uh. But also for that lady, it's kind of like she agreed to let to publicize like a therapy session. Yeah, I mean, which I commend her for that, and I don't really blame like the television studio or whatever or the documentary makers no. for doing that because I mean, it's it's someone's going to do it eventually. Right. Someone's going to post that or or you know go forward with that that technology and that type of procedure. So it's. Yeah, it's going to get out there eventually. So I don't blame them for wanting to that, be the first ones or whatever. Yeah. That should be a T. We should pitch this TV show I did, like True <laughs> TV. You go in and you film people talking to the therapist. And that's all it is. It's just a reality show of, <laughs> of a person like talking about, you know, like on next week's episode, listen to Mark talk about being an alcoholic and the horrible <laughs> things he's done. <laughs> And be like, and then followed by Timmy, who was molested. Again, and again. by Talkspace. Talkspace. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I felt like there was actually something already like that. It wouldn't surprise me if there was, but yeah, I'm sure eventually there would definitely be something like that. I mean, if if you if your therapy session was paid for, and we blur out your face, there you were know, yeah. People would be lining up like crazy for that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, that was when I first read that title, just the title on, I was like, what? I was like, okay, here we go. 2020 just got more interesting for me. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's super interesting. And I was just like, I mean, it seems pretty cool. Like, it seems like their heart was in the right place. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, that's definitely it. For anyone uh, listening, definitely, like I said, look it up. Just 
VR Dead Daughter is what I looked up on Google, and uh, it brings you to. Oh, it's... I'll be looking. I'll be looking at that <laughs> up later. Uh, you can find the article on JapanTimes.co.jp is where I found it. Um, but let's see. Here. And for the, for the next story, this one's a little short, a little bit lighter, um, and based uh, video game based. But pretty much, um, I'm sure you've heard of the new game coming out, Cyberpunk 2077, right? Yeah. Okay. I know you you haven't been able to keep up much on gaming um, recently. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you're old, you work, and you have no <laughs> no free time of your own. <laughs> and I'm in school. And you're in school, yes. I'm, uh, I'm about to be the oldest senior in college ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's older. I'm sure there's like 80, 90-year-old. I have more gray hair than the professors that teach my class. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old, me and the professor, we share Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. But it like yeah, the question is like which one needs it more and which one just likes to take it? That's that's the next question there. Oh, he for sure needs it more. I just like the way it makes me feel. <laughs> there you go. That's what it's all about. <laughs> but uh as far as Cyberpunk goes, um the story is pretty much uh, it was announced via Twitter um, for the game itself. Um, gamers should never be forced to purchase the same game twice or pay for upgrades. Owners of Cyberpunk 2077 for Xbox One will receive the Xbox Series X upgrade for free when available. Now, just that alone, I'm really looking forward to. With Cyberpunk being made by um, CD Projekt Red, same people that did like the Witcher series and a couple other uh, really okay. great games like that. Um, and that, to me, is super awesome because I have... I have, like, I'll take Resident Evil, for example. I have, like, the HD remake of the first one for multiple consoles, and I get annoyed every time I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I keep buying it, but that's not the point. I get annoyed, right. I have to keep buying it. Um, so I think this is a good turning point, and I hope more companies do it. Because I can see paying for, like, a complete remake. Um, that I have no problem with. Like, they did um, Shadow of the Colossus. Originally came out on PS2. They did do an enhanced version or an HD version for PS3, which that was totally awesome. I own that one. Definitely bought it because it was fantastic. But I didn't know the one for PS4. I thought it was just like a port of that PS3 version. Um, it was actually a full rework and a remake from the ground up for oh, PS4. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I was just like, okay, that's badass. And I may have to buy that game yet again. <laughs> but I think it's free this month on the PlayStation Store. Yes, that, which actually um, I've seen that day or two before and i was like i'm so happy right now but i'm also sad because i have no room on my playstation 4 so i have to go through deleting yeah just the size of games nowadays is just absolutely ridiculous yeah (laughs) like i borrowed a buddy's vr i thought he was going to give it to me playstation (laughs) vr like i borrowed it a year and a half ago and he just took it back Oh, that's but sad. I downloaded so much VR stuff, and I played it, Resident Evil VR. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> I, I, I want to do a series of just getting drunk and playing horror games and VR horror games. I cannot even imagine. Try to imagine while being intoxicated. Well, Jesus. dude, we we should have a show where we video Anthony. Remember Big Anthony? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Video him watching him play a horror game is so funny. Like he screams like Anthony's what like six three probably he, he's a six, he's a big dude yeah six he's two out. six three three hundred three fifty somewhere in there I mean I don't want to be offended I don't know weight that well <laughs> he's a big guy like yeah. I'm a big guy and he makes me look tiny like yeah, he's, he's a big yeah. guy and he screams like a twelve year old girl that's fantastic he jumps and he twitches and he like. He gets all like southern effeminate male where he puts his hand <laughs> to his chest and he's just like, I got, oh lord, I got the vapors. I got like, the vapors. It, it makes a little bit of queer come out of him. It's so <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. That is fun. I find that's a correlation. Like big guys that you wouldn't expect to be that way are that way because I am absolutely that way. And yeah, it's. Horror games, I I hate playing them because the way they make me jump and just I'm like, oh fuck, but they're fun at the same time, right? Um, but yeah, as far as the cyberpunk game goes, um, I thought that was a cool, cool turning point as far as just regular upgrades from like in this case from the Xbox One version to the the Series X or whatever being free. That is a huge, I think it's yeah, gonna be a huge cool. game changer for sure. But uh, yeah, it's a little short, good story there. Uh, let's see here. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think it was on your Jeep Chronicles episode, I believe, was where you mentioned <laughs> doing a show, The Mexican and the Gringo. Yes. So uh, at first, like, that had me dying laugh when I first heard the title. I was fucking laughing my ass off about that. And I, I was very tempted to do it. But <laughs> I am alone in my own corner uh, when it comes to, like, the being considered Mexican. Because I, I don't claim to be Mexican. Because I... In my head, I'm American. I was born in America. Okay. I am American. I don't mind. I, I don't I have no shame in my heritage. I'm Hispanic. My parents are both from Mexico. I have no shame in that where I come from and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> but as far as like when you, someone says, oh, he's Mexican-American. I was like, bitch, I've never even been to Mexico. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am a, as American as they come. And yeah. a lot of people are like, mm, no, I'm Mexican-American. So, I did kind of I... have that thought in the back of my mind <laughs> after I said it. I was just like, you know, I've never heard Lewis like refer to himself as like, you know, like there's the whole like Mexican pride thing. You know, yeah. I was like, I've never really seen that out of you. You know, just like I up until recently, I didn't even know what my white heritage was. <laughs> well, it's a it's a precarious uh step for you to claim it being being proud of any kind of white heritage nowadays isn't i know <laughs> <laughs> but i did that ancestry dna and i'm one of the whitest people alive that's fantastic i i've been tempted to um just to see like exactly because apparently somewhere in my background there is a blue-eyed red-haired spanish pirate from spain <laughs> that, like sailed that's the seas and all that shit and then like apparently fell in love with uh one of my ancestors and then yeah that's that's somewhere along the lines so i kind of want to do the the genetics thing and just see exactly if that's even true but at the same time if it's it turns out it's not it's like oh man that that's that cool story is kind of like no longer mine <laughs> right <laughs> well i i went through my wife's and i the furthest back i could trace some of her trees was back to like the 1800s in north carolina and i was listening to a podcast about blackbeard and come to find out blackbeard was a pirate from north carolina and he just trolled the east coast but there was like a pirate town that uh that existed of nothing but pirates and their winches and their families that they had <laughs> so i just accused my wife of being like progeny of a pirate <laughs> that's fantastic how, do, how did she take that she tells me to shut up but it, it makes the most sense uh but uh yeah what, what i was saying was uh it would it would just be my luck that i would agree to do the show titled the mexican and the gringo and that would be the one like takes off and blows up and become like i would become <laughs> and i would just be like fuck i hate myself yeah, that would be, and I always, you know, that's what I, I always say, like, this is going to be the one thing that makes me famous, like the, uh, the Black Bear movie, <laughs> yes. you know, that, that, well, I, I seriously want to make that, like, when I get out of school, like, I want that to be my last hurrah, but that's going to be the one that, that's going to break, <laughs> blow up, and then I'm going to be that guy. I'm not in love with the Mexican and the gringo and just in the moment, it was the funniest thing I could think of. Oh yeah. It was definitely funny. Like I said, I was dying laughing and I was like, ah, I kind of want to do it. But at the same time, it's like, there's that risk. And I was like, I just can't. Dude, we I'm could, we could do it and just spin it and I'll be the Mexican and you be the gringo. And we'll, <laughs> when it blows up and we do live shows, I'll be the one that I'll dress like over the top Mexican, like with the bandoliers, you know, <laughs> and have a big black mustache and a hat. And you can be like the gringo where you're wearing like a like LaCroix shirt. Polo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That could be good. That could be good. But then I would have to dress like that on a regular basis. I don't know how I feel about that either. <laughs> Just only in public doing appearances and stuff. Oh, that'd be fantastic. And then people would ask me like, well, how did this come to be? And you're just like, oh, it was a mistake. <laughs> a complete accident. Yeah. Like I go to introduce a show and I'm like, and I'm the Mexican. And then you just hesitate and you're like, and I'm the gringo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, damn. Oh, and my last thing for today is actually a story. I did, while I did work some retail, I think you've said it before, we actually used to work together at Walmart. Um, and there was, there's one of 
two good stories from there. But for a while there, I was actually working um, at a call center doing roadside assistance for people, okay. like different projects and stuff. And so this is one of the stories from there. Uh, so I used to work on a project. It was called uh, Motor Club of America, or, or MCA for short, which is like a legitimate roadside cover. Kind of like, think of like AAA, but okay. way shadier. <laughs> oh, nice. Because <laughs> it's it's definitely um, a pyramid scheme or a multi-level marketing because <laughs> like you can sign up to be uh, uh, an associate for MCA as long as you have your own policy for yourself. You can sell other policies to other people and so on and so forth. And oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my and like so, you get actual roadside coverage as long as you say the right things whenever you're calling in. When you call in, like say you need like a tire, you got a flat tire, you need a, a tow or a tire change, something like that. You call your roadside service, you you'd get me. And it was pretty much my job to be a detective and catch you in a damn lie so we don't <laughs> have to cover your shit. That was literally, pretty much literally my job without it being in paperwork. We had a bunch of questions we had to go through. And like the wording can be sometimes super specific. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. Like I, My karma was went so in the bad. Because I had fun catching people in lies and then leaving them stranded on the side of the road, pretty much. Uh, and so, pretty much with um, MCA, Medical America, um, your policies, depending on what you had, it covered different things. But some of the universal things that you could be de- denied coverage for was, like, if your car is used for commercial purposes. Like, say you tell me you, if you're driving a work vehicle and that's what breaks down. Sorry, your policy doesn't cover, you know commercial vehicles okay uh, work vehicles is considered okay so this dude this dude calls in he's like yeah man uh, i'm an associate i love this love this thing and uh i even sell it myself i was like okay cool cool run on run on so he's giving me a description of his car and um one of the questions is like if there's any like um logos on it stickers whatever and that's just you know a way a sneaky way of determining whether it's a business car or company car right um, and he's like yeah it's got uh, mca stickers on it i was like like motor club america stickers he's like yeah yeah, yeah. i want well, you know i sell it or whatever so i use this car you know drive around selling the policies and stuff so, <laughs> so i ended up uh, i had to explain to him that uh, well sir uh, under the policy uh this is considered commercial vehicles not covered by your policy he's like what <laughs> so, i'm like uh yes sir i mean you you said you sell these policies are you not aware of this fact and i love because there's some people i'm an associate and i just call them out they're both i'm like so you're an associate so you should know this policy right and it's not covered god i love pissing like i i, I was got i got so good at it, i became the, the manager over the project so i eventually got like supervisor calls coming to me and oh i would lay it down on some people Dude, I bet you would be like this is gonna sound like a, a backhanded compliment, but I bet you'd be really good at that. I was I was probably the best at handling that in in the in the office that I worked at. Because there was like there was our main office that handled different projects, and then there was like the corporate office, which if they wanted to go above me, I would just be like well, they, I want to speak to someone at corporate. I was like, okay, sure, no problem. And they would do the same thing. They would just back up exactly what I said. And I get to listen in on those calls. So I'm just sitting back, just chilling, just being like, I told you. I fucking told you. That's so how, like, I'm, how did that, like, did you ever have one that you, like, you couldn't shake off? Like, it just, it just clung to you? Like, you were so pissed off about it? Or were you just pretty good at leaving it? Um, Generally, I was really, really good at leaving it because I would just move on. Um, There was one or two where... Like it'd be an old lady, and she just the the ones that I felt bad for were the ones that were older people. Um, they they were told whatever they wanted, like because I mean, if you're selling this shit, you're just wanting to sell it. That's how you make your money. So you're gonna tell people whatever they fuck they want to hear to for them to buy your coverage or whatever to buy the policy under you. Um, so a lot of older people would call in, and they didn't know their policy because or they they were just told lies. Um, so those would be the ones I kind of felt bad for. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I got really good at just dropping them. Like once, once the call was over, that's it. Um, I was pretty much done with the ones that stuck with me and that kind of made me mad would be the ones where like corporate would go around, like just, well, we'll make an exception this time, I guess. I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) I'm like, they were full, so full of shit. Why are we covering this? Yada, yada, yada. Those are the ones that would stick with me and piss me off. Cause it's like, come on now, come on now. But a lot of it was like 
certain associates that either have been around, around for a very long time or they happen to know someone who is in corporate office and stuff like that. Right. Um, so that those are the ones that annoy me more than anything. And I guess it could have something to do with like, I'm, I am denying the people that, you know, we're lied to and this and that yada yada. Um, so if someone's obviously lying to me and on, on the recordings, cause all the calls were recorded or whatever. And anytime a, a, a phone prompt tells you that the call may be recorded, it's always being recorded. <laughs> yeah. I just assume that I even assume before I'm even talking to somebody that it's already started recording me. Yeah. Like generally, um, most places from what I've learned is the call, like as soon as, well, I guess as soon as the phone is answered is when the recording will start for someone listening in on it. So we don't hear the phone ringing. We just hear like from the media, like whether you're calling in when the agent picks up, as soon as they right. hit the answer button on their, on their computer, um, it's, that's when the recording will start for them. So I just and... need to say fucked up shit when people pick up the phone before they say hello. <laughs> yeah, I'll take more cocaine. Hello. <laughs> yes. Just the throw off. <laughs> You definitely want to do that, especially for like um, people that do. If they have a script at the beginning, because damn, that throws people <laughs> off like nothing. Because that would always throw me off when I because we have a script, like a little script we read at the very beginning, either for opening call, or closing call. There's always a script we had to read, otherwise we'd get like a memo about it, and then be just like office space. Did, did you get the memo? Because we're doing this. Now. <laughs> and damn, did that shit suck? So yeah, if you want to throw someone off, just say something ridiculous at the beginning while they're just trying to get off their script. Because the uh uh uh, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the funniest one of the funniest calls I ever took was this this black dude just straight straight up like ghetto black. He's like. While he's talking to me, telling me about his flat tire, he's like, "Tell that bitch, tell that bitch her ass is fat. Her ass too fat for that thong. She gotta get some. She gotta get some bigger thongs on." And I am fucking tired. Like we have headsets on that have mute on the in line, so I'm having to hit the mute like every couple seconds just to be like, oh, "Damn!" And <laughs> it's funny because like depending most systems the way they work, like even if you mute it like on the phone panel on your computer. Your end still being recorded, so if like quality or whoever's having to listen back to the call, they'll hear you talking. So we learned real fast to mute our headset itself. Oh wow, that's <laughs> awesome! Because damn, we just be talking mad. Oh god, yeah, we totally talk mad shit about certain people. Like if you immediately come at somebody with attitude, your shit's either gonna be service is gonna be disconnected. Your whatever service you're about to try and get over the phone is gonna be severely impaired. Oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm excessively nice. Like you would make fun of me if you heard me talking to people on the phone. No, dude, I do the same thing. Like I, I developed a second personality for my phone voice. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I hate using the phone, so I try not to. But I'm, I'm glad all my paranoia was actually true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, to have fun with with someone on the phone when you're calling into someone, yeah. Say fucked up shit at the very beginning when they're trying to read their scripts or at the very end because they're trying to keep their shit together while having to read the script off because they have to do it or else they're going to like hear about it after. Right. That's quality or whatever. <laughs> Alrighty, but yeah, that's uh, as far as I go, that's all my stories I have on my end here. It's been definitely fun. Definitely yeah. glad I got to join in on this one. Yeah, it was a fun one. <laughs> but uh, as far as the listeners go, um, can. Um, please rate and review us on iTunes as far as the Generation of Oblivion goes. It it helps spread awareness and get the word out. Um, definitely on any of the platforms that this is shared to, please like and share. Because uh, word of mouth is definitely very important for, for our growth um, as far as the uh, podcast goes, as far as the website goes and all that. Yeah. And, and, if you, and if there's a certain point of the show you like, tell people to like, da- like download the episode, fast forward to that part and get out. Don't like... Because I've been telling some people about the show and they're just like, oh, I, I can't listen f- for an hour. And I was like, no, no, no. Just fast forward to the part where I talk about fighting a deer. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. And definitely a new section we are um, wanting to bring into is sharing um, the retail stories of our listeners. Um, so if you have any stories that you want to share on the podcast, whether it's just Mark himself or Cameron or if I come back and do some more uh, co-hosting, which I would definitely enjoy to do. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> you can definitely send your stories to uh, the hidden pixel studios at gmail.com and just in the subject line put retail stories and I can sort through those and get everything sorted out. We can have it read out and share 
the fun retail horror. And it, and it is therapeutic. Like last night I recorded another uh, Jeep Chronicles and there there is something therapeutic just about getting it off your chest. Yeah, because a lot of times, uh, depending on who the person is, their friends and family circles may not be the best ones to be like, let me tell you about this fucking bitch that came in into the store yeah. today. Yeah, if you don't work retail, sometimes you people don't understand your stories or they're not sympathetic enough. Like I use kind of the Jeep Chronicles as like a, a soul cleansing thing. Like <laughs> I, I, I'm going to admit last night's uh, Jeep Chronicles got, got weird. Like I was impassioned and I was raged and um, I talked about some very, very weird shit <laughs> just to make me feel better. <laughs> Uh, that's fantastic. I haven't listened to that one yet. I got, I'm definitely going to jump on this. Well, like you sent me that question and I did 20 minutes on <laughs> ranting about my day. <laughs> and the fucked up part was I start off going, it was a pretty good day. And then I just go <laughs> fucking hard in the paint. That's when you remember just how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. Like if I get asked about hand sanitizer one more time, I'm going to shoot somebody. God, I don't want to buy you for Christmas. Just the fucking gift. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find all like the little 50 cent different versions with different scents and different <laughs> labels and shit. I'll just hoard it for the next outbreak. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, you can also get before I forget, you can also get in contact with us um, through the website, thehiddenpixel.com, in the uh, message and bottle section. Um, and that can be for not just your retail stories, but also just any ideas or opinions and and thoughts that you might have as far as either the podcast goes or the website goes and all that stuff. Uh, and of course you can also follow all of us on Twitter um, at the hidden pixel blog um, at shadow crave. If you want to follow me and at robot nuts, if you yeah. want to follow Mark, <laughs> um, I need yeah. to do better about tweeting more. <laughs> I usually just retweet like other cool things. If I need to actually start tweeting stuff I did for a little while there. And then I just got out of out of social sharing a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it pulled up and I'll start typing. Then I'm like, ah, nobody cares. And I turn it <laughs> off. <laughs> I think that, that was my point. At one point, it's like, gives a shit. Not me. But yeah. And I believe that's all I have, actually. All right. I just got to say it one more time, and this will be our closer. He bled on his kids and he bled on his wife. <laughs> yes. <laughs>